Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy collection, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy push-up bra, in on-trend hues like green and citron and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to Criminalia, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. Legendary New York City police detective Thomas F. Burns described Bertha Heyman as, quote, one of the smartest confidence women in America. And she was considered among New York City police to be, quote, the boldest and most expert of the many female adventuresses who infested the country during her lifetime. So let's meet this so-called confidence queen. Welcome to Criminalia. I'm Maria Tremarchi. And I'm Holly Fry. Bertha Heyman came to the United States in 1878 during her late 20s. She was born in 1851 as Bertha Schlesinger, a native of Kobli near Posen in Prussia. Prussia at this point was primarily a Germanic kingdom and state, and it was that until the 1900s. Today, what was Prussia makes up parts of the modern-day nations of Germany, Poland, and Russia. There are some questions about Bertha's life story, but as she was a con artist, we suppose we can expect some of that just by nature. Here is what everyone thinks they know, with possibly an embellishment here and there from Bertha herself. Bertha attracted the attention of the New York City Police Department in the late 1870s, pretty much as soon as she arrived in the city, and the country for that matter. Shortly after relocating to America, this budding con artist followed in the criminal footsteps of her father, who was an alleged forger who regularly ended up in jail. Like her father, she had an extensive arrest record, but despite not being able to evade the law, Bertha was known to be one of the best con artists of her time. 
She knew how to play on people's greed, their hubris, their ambitions, and their weaknesses to benefit her own end. She was talented at offering the promise of wealth in the future in exchange for your cash right now. Bertha executed on an impressive number of cons throughout her criminal career, most of which followed the same basic premise, which went like this. She would claim to be an incredibly wealthy woman who was having trouble accessing her finances. Would a kind soul lend her a small amount of money so she could access her estate? She claimed, of course, she would pay them back generously. So if this sounds kind of like a 19th century version of an advance fee email scam, it's because it is. The United States Securities and Exchange Commission call this kind of scam advance fee fraud. And the modern-day Nigerian prince emails asking for help in the way of some fast cash are really basically the same scam that Bertha ran. And she was prolific, and she developed the nickname the Confidence Queen. Her scams generally involved men, but she really wasn't choosy when it came to victims. She was opportunistic. She stayed at luxurious hotels. She was waited on, and she bragged about her wealthy friends. The Kansas City Times covered a lot of Bertha's work and once described her in this kind of perfect manner. Quote, For years, she lived in regal splendor in New York hotels, surrounded by luxuries and attended by liveried lackeys. She occupied different apartments at different times in the St. Dennis Hotel, the Grand Hotel, the Gilsey House, the New York Hotel, and the Hotel Brunswick. Her plan was to pass herself off for a millionaire and then to borrow money on the strength of her prospects. So, pretty clear that the Kansas City Times had Bertha figured out. So, one of her early scams involved the dry goods firm of Bates, Reed, and Cooley as her victim. And they lost as much as $5,000, which is equivalent in purchasing power to about $176,000 today. In addition, one of the company's employees, a Mr. Brandt, was tricked and cheated separately from the firm itself. She was arrested for larceny on this con by two Pinkerton detectives. The Pinkerton agency was, and is still open today, a private security and detective agency. In 1880, Bertha ran a scam against Tilly J. Perrin of Chicago. She had met Perrin on the train between New York and Chicago, and he was a sleeper car conductor, and she kind of honed in on him. She used her typical con scheme and claimed great wealth that she just simply couldn't access. She specifically claimed, quote, she was heir to a large estate, and she was paying a New York lawyer $6,000 to look after it. Moving her con along, she suggested that Perrin give up his place and manage her estate. Bertha promised to pay more than double his salary if he would become her employee. And he did. Who wouldn't take that? But there's always the but. <laughs> but then Bertha began borrowing money from him to pay small debts. She'd conned at least $1,000 out of Perrin, that's roughly estimated at $35,000 today, while continuing to promise that when she came into possession of her property and finances through a Mr. Robert Bonner, whom she claimed was her guardian as well as executor of the will under which she was the heir, the money that Perrin loaned her would be refunded, she said, and then his duties as her estate agent and its accompanying new salary were going to begin at that time. 
It's about this point when Perrin came to the conclusion that Bertha was not honest, and as reported in the Chicago Tribune, he, quote, despaired of ever obtaining from her his money without compulsion and brought suit against her. Bertha committed so many crimes that we can't even begin to address them all. We do know that on February 8th, 1881, Bertha was arrested again, this time in London, Ontario, Canada, and charged with conning several hundred dollars from a Montreal businessman. In June that same year, she stood trial for stealing $250 as well as two gold watches from a Mrs. Schlarbaum of Staten Island, an elderly woman she boarded with for a short period of time. She was acquitted, but while leaving the courthouse, it's reported she was arrested again. Can you imagine this on the court steps? This time, she was charged with conning two New York City businessmen out of a total of $1,460, which is about roughly $50,000 today. She was convicted on one of those two indictments and was sentenced to two years in prison. She also conned $5,000 from T.W. Morris of New York City. We noted during our research that this amount actually varied in some reports, and it might have been either $500 or $1,500 or $5,000 in total. Regardless, he gave it up after she gave him a bogus bank draft for several thousand dollars from a Milwaukee bank. In October of 1881, Bertha was tried for having obtained Morris's monies by false pretenses, and the jury convicted her in less than five minutes. She was sentenced to two years. However, prior to her sentencing, Bertha managed to run up a considerable dental bill. When the dentist requested payment, reported the Chicago Tribune, Bertha, quote, sent word that he need not trouble himself about so trifling a sum, as she had $14 million on deposit downtown, but could not spare the time to cut off the coupons. She never stopped running a con. I like how she was like, I'm going to jail, but I want good teeth first. Right, I gotta take care of it. Gotta get a crown. <laughs> I don't know how long I'm gonna be in. In fact, imprisonment didn't slow down her scams either. While incarcerated, she often continued to work. Generally, she spent her time moving through the New York State penitentiary system, stealing watches and jewelry, as well as forging checks and bonds. And in one example, while serving time on Blackwell's Island in New York in the early 1880s, she befriended, then swindled, a man out of his life savings of $900, which is equivalent to about $31,000 today. The Kansas City Times, on top of the story, reported that while incarcerated, Bertha was, quote, a prisoner only by name. She occupies a suite of apartments in the courthouse, has been attended by a maid, and is treated to carriage rides every day. She has been at many excursions and spends much of her time in attendance at scenes of festivity in the city. To such an extent is this carried that she is called the princess by the local residents. In conversation, she's most plausible and graceful and presents an air of injured innocence that induces many credulous persons to believe she is really a wronged and persecuted woman. The Chicago Tribune was one of the other American newspapers that followed Bertha's cons closely and reported in January of 1883 about her time in prison. In particular, they wrote about how she pulled off cons while she was incarcerated something we know from other articles and court reports that she had been doing for years. Quote, From her cell in the Blackwell's Island Penitentiary, she was able to communicate with a trustful German named Charles Carpa 
in New York and secured from him nearly $1,000 upon like representations to those which had deceived Perrin and the unfortunate Mrs. Schlarbaum. Her scam was tweaked a little bit while she was doing time, but not much. Bertha confided in Carpa that she had owned a strong box filled with bonds and jewels. Her dilemma, she claimed, was that the box was stored in a vault and she needed cash to pay liens for its storage. She explained that once this was back in her possession, she would pay him back tenfold. She also explained that she needed cash to bribe the prison warden so she could get her sentence commuted. Carpa was hooked, and before she was exposed, he had advanced her money on several instances. More newspapers began to report more frequently on Bertha's criminal affairs as her career grew, and many reported things such as this. The history of Bertha Heyman's exploits and adventures would fill a book. She is up to every device, stratagem, and trick that is calculated to deceive. She used to lodge at the leading hotels and was always attended by a manservant and a maid. At the Windsor and the Brunswick, she had elegant quarters. When plotting one of her swindles, she would glibly talk about her dear friends, and on such occasions, it was not unusual for her maid or servant to bring in her a valuable bouquet bearing the card and compliments of Gould, Astor, or Vanderbilt. The florist from whom she procured the bouquets still retains exceedingly lively recollections of her as an undesirable customer. We are going to take a break for a word from our sponsor, and when we return, there will be a lot more talk about Bertha's crimes and her prison time. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Hey, everybody, it's Holly. Listen, I've been doing stuff on stage since I was a kid, which means that I have been doing my makeup since I was a kid. And I can turn out a look when I need to, but on my day-to-day, I really like to keep it a little more relaxed and low-key. I don't have time for a full face most of the time. But that also means that Thrive Cosmetics can have me covered no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm doing something on stage, like I have an appearance or a live show, or I'm just running to the grocery store. Something in their line is perfect. And what I really love and what's important to me is that they are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free. And to me, cruelty-free is very important in the cosmetics I use. I mentioned that I've been doing my makeup for a long time. I've gotten older (laughs) in that time. And one of the things that I've done to refresh my look is switch over to their brilliant eye brighteners and use something like a rose gold shade to really like go all around my eye and then just blend it out and get a daytime smoky look. It makes me look a little more youthful and more refreshed. And it's just easy as pie, and it means that I don't have to mess with a whole ton of products. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash criminalia. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash criminalia for 10% off your first order. This episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. Listen, you listen to true crime podcasts. You know that the world can be dangerous and unpredictable and that there will unfortunately be people who want to hurt each other. 
And so it's kind of nice to get a little peace of mind by having a good home security system. Just take a few precautions. And I recommend looking at Simply Safe Home Security. I've had my home broken into in the past, and it was a terrible feeling, even though nothing that bad really happened. Aside from an intruder, I just really like knowing that I have a security setup that lets me check in on my pets when I'm not home. That is a huge peace of mind giver when I am out traveling. Simply Safe sent me a whole home security system, and I was really, really impressed by the variety of indoor and outdoor cameras they offer. And the whole thing is backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash criminalia. That's simplysafe, S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash criminalia. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just arrived swim, cover ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made to be seen, very sexy push up bra from the Very Sexy Collection in on trend hues like black shine, green, and citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Welcome back to Criminalia. In prison or out, Bertha was a natural-born confidence artist. Let's talk about the scam she ran when she decided to try her luck in California. In 1883, fresh out of prison, Bertha used forged securities to defraud a financial broker who believed that she was worth millions. She was again arrested and charged, and she was sentenced in the Court of General Sessions in August of that year. The jury returned a verdict of guilty within minutes, and Bertha spent five years in prison. This time after her release, she headed west. In 1888, she moved from New York to San Francisco with a man named Willie Stanley, who she claimed was her stepson. Some reports suggest she may have or may not have used the surname Stanley at this time. But once settled in California, she approached Rabbi A.J. Messing, who happened to be an acquaintance from her Prussian childhood, and she explained to him that she had made a mistake by marrying a man who was not Jewish. That man had since passed, she noted, and had left her with an enormous fortune, as much as $300,000, which roughly translates to $10,500,000 today. She wanted to marry again, she told the rabbi, but this time she wanted to marry within her faith. So she asked Messing for his help, finding her a Jewish husband, and offered $1,000 to the matchmaker who could make it happen. Fortunately, or coincidentally, it turns out that Messing's brother-in-law, Abraham Grun, a wealthy local businessman, was taken with Bertha upon meeting her, and according to the San Francisco Examiner, he proposed in a matter of days. The pairing brought Bertha into the high society of San Francisco, in particular San Francisco's Beth Israel Congregation, where she attended parties and events in a fancy new wardrobe. 
A fancy new wardrobe that had been purchased on credit several businesses had extended to her, and also on bad checks. Bertha was generous with her fake finances and gifted a check of $1,000 to the congregation. But before the two were officially wed, her alleged son, Willie, quietly asked Abraham for money, $500, and it was because he didn't want his alleged stepmother to marry. Abraham obliged with an open wallet. And then, it wasn't long before Willie asked him to give him jewels. He wanted, he explained, to have them reset in a contemporary fashion the way his alleged stepmother would like. Abraham again obliged this request. And then, within the week, after pawning those jewels, Bertha and Willie, they just beat feet. Realizing he was swindled, Abraham pleaded his case to the San Francisco Police Department's captain of detectives. But before he could even finish telling his story, the detective opened a book on his desk and flipped to photo number 122. Showing the page to Abraham, he asked, quote, Is this the woman? The victim, in disbelief, nodded. The book containing Bertha's photo was titled Professional Criminals of America and had been written in 1886 by a name we mentioned earlier, Thomas F. Burns, New York City's legendary police inspector. Inspector Burns became known for the interrogation technique he called the third degree while he was head of the New York City Detective Bureau from 1880 until 1895, and he'd profiled Bertha in his book. The description of photo number 122 read, Bertha Heyman, alias Big Bertha, Confidence Queen, and detailed stories of several of her cons. It also noted where she had been incarcerated. In addition, a dispatch from San Francisco to New York sent in 1888 laid out the situation. Heads up that we're quoting here, but this quote and another one that are coming up refer to Jewish people in a way that is very outdated and considered derogatory by many. Just know that as we're going in. But this alert stated that, quote, the Queen of Crooks has been operating among the Hebrew portion of the San Francisco community with wonderful success. The dispatch reported that she was using the name Bertha Stanley and was accompanied by her alleged stepson, William Willie H.M. Stanley. According to newspapers around the country, she was living in luxury, and until she was discovered, she absolutely was. In April of 1888, one local paper reported, quote, they ran up large bills in the various stores through the clever fashion they had of shopping in the company of some wealthy Hebrew. She had for a suitor a popular and wealthy young merchant whom she gave a check for $30,000 on the LaSalle Bank for safekeeping, and he in return gave her a $500 diamond ring and other gems aggregating several thousand dollars in value. After Bertha left, the duped suitor wired the LaSalle Bank and discovered that the check was worthless. She is wanted here for forgery and counterfeiting. Bertha's check, unsurprisingly to the Beth Israel congregation, was returned for insufficient funds. Warrants for Bertha and Willie's arrests were issued, and detectives tracked the pair to Texas, where both were apprehended in San Antonio. Bertha played an outraged, innocent character during her arrest, which, as we've gleaned from her arrest reports, was kind of her thing. They were returned to California by officers James W. Gillen and John Parrott by boat. The San Francisco Examiner reported these details on June 4th, quote, Bertha was treated considerately on the journey, no handcuffs being put on her. 
She and Willie were in remarkably good spirits from the time San Antonio was left until San Francisco was reached, and in the jail they showed not the least trace of dejection. Two writs of habeas corpus were successfully obtained and dismissed, the question in reference to the last one turning on the woman's identity. Grun, the deluded lover and expected bridegroom, went to San Antonio and satisfied the court on this point. Bertha objected strenuously to going to San Francisco, but had no choice. During the case, Bertha and Willie denied Grun or anyone else had given them any money or any checks. Bertha stated she had become Mrs. Stanley after she divorced a John Heyman. She claimed she was never married to a man known as Fritz Carpo, with whom she'd lived in New York City and later Milwaukee. Despite this report, it's actually really unclear if Bertha ever married. Once, twice, never? The information doesn't all match up, but Bertha's really not known for the truth, is she? If she married, it's unclear if the pair's divorced or if Bertha was widowed. It's suggested by some accounts she did marry twice, once to a man she identified as John Heyman and from whom she took her surname. Or maybe she just pretended all of it. Bertha was acquitted, but Willie was found guilty in what became a media frenzy of a trial, during which the judge stated he, quote, could hardly force his way through the crowd to reach the bench. That's according to an 1888 story in the Daily Alta, California. Why was there such a crowd? Ah, allow us to explain. It was because Bertha had a second career. That's right. But first, we're going to take a break for a word from our sponsor. And when we return, we'll talk about how Bertha developed a stage career during the time she lived in San Francisco. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. 
Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Welcome back to Criminalia. Yes, Bertha had a side hustle that involved Romeo and Juliet and a man who called himself Oofty Goofty. Where to begin? Bertha did live a life in and out of jail, but she also lived a life on and off the stage. Yes, no doubt you have questions, we'll tell this story. (laughs) During her time in San Francisco, Bertha was asked to perform in a one-woman show. Manager and promoter Ned Foster saw an opportunity with Bertha and, after bailing her out of jail, launched her new career in theater. He booked her first into Woodward's Gardens. Woodward's Gardens was a popular public amusement resort in the late 1800s. It filled two square blocks in the Mission District and included, among many things, an amusement park, a museum, and an animal collection featuring a grizzly bear grotto, sea lions, and an aviary. As many as 18,000 people went to see her perform her poem, The Confidence Queen, which I will now read to you. So when vain grasping men pant for glittering gold and find their bonanza in me, is it wicked to show up how badly they're sold and the rogues that men can sometimes be? Bertha's theatrical career continued to grow beyond that poem with a booking at the Bella Union, San Francisco's most popular music hall. Foster cast her and an actor named Leonard Borchardt, who went by the stage name Oofty Goofty. These two played in scenes from Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. Leonard, it was reported in the local papers, had turned himself into one of the city's first celebrities. He did so by acting as a human punching bag. And his shtick was physical comedy, and performance art, and a little sideshow work thrown in. So he was known to yell the phrase oofty-goofty at his audience from within a cage while he was covered with glue and hair. There are so many layers of problems to this. I know. Offstage, he was known for his offbeat antics. He once shipped himself through the postal service wrapped in a large box. Strike that more than once. (laughs) He also attached a leather pad to the seat of his pants and got people to, for a small fee, kick oofty-goofty. There was a sliding scale based on how severely you wanted to kick him. So, for instance, for 10 cents, you could kick his backside once. For a little more money, you could hit his behind with a cane. For two bucks, you could use a baseball bat. According to the San Francisco Gate, on a busy Saturday, Leonard was known to end his night with as much as $10 in his pocket. That's equivalent in purchasing power to roughly $350 today. It's lucrative for being hit by a bat. Sure. Uh, It was also (laughs) during this time he earned a second nickname, Professor Hardness, because as reported in the San Francisco Chronicle, quote, he combined Spartan fortitude with unusual docility. In addition to large promotional posters that were placed around the city, 
Foster had cabinet photos taken of Bertha to promote her stage career. A cabinet photo is a photograph mounted on a stiff piece of cardboard, and it was a really popular format in the late 19th century, and people would buy them as souvenirs. Of her new stage appearance, the San Francisco Examiner reported, quote, her costume was a nun's veiling dress, black hat and feather to match, gloves, fan, and jewelry. When it came to their Romeo and Juliet show, Foster's show was a hit. Bertha even picked up a few tips from Leonard, and the local California papers began to report she was engaging in wrestling matches with any man who dared go against her, and, of course, for a fee. Bertha was strong, and she was skilled, and she knocked out every one of them. Offstage and at her trial in San Francisco, Bertha willingly talked to newspaper reporters about the charges she was facing. She maintained that any man who was interested in her was really interested in her for her money. Bertha admitted that she preferred to target people who really should know better. According to Carrie Seagrave's book, Women Swindlers in America, in 1883, Bertha told a police chief in Jersey City, after one of her many, many arrests, quote, The moment I discover a man's a fool, I let him drop. But I delight in getting into the confidence and pockets of men who think they can't be skinned. It ministers to my intellectual pride. She's not alone in her thoughts and approach to the flim-flam business. Now celebrity con artist Frank Abagnale Jr., author of the memoir Catch Me If You Can, which the 2002 movie of the same name is based on, has famously said of the con business, quote, A hood planning a bank holdup might case the treasury for rudimentary facts, but in the end, he depends on his gun. A con artist's only weapon is his brain. Admits another now-retired confidence artist, quote, This was lesson number one. Swindling is really acting, and you play a character who will help you appear legitimate, confident, and successful, even when you are not. Bertha was a smart, interesting woman to report on. And can you imagine the stories that she could tell? But a lot of newspaper reports of her and her cons focus not on her pretty impressive intellect and her criminal abilities, but rather on crude descriptions of her appearance, and those descriptions of Bertha's physical characteristics varied. Newspapers made offensive jokes at the expense of her body, describing her as, quote, elephantine, and sometimes comparing her to a battleship. They opined about how a woman of her physical characteristics could scam a man out of such large amounts of money. Today, she's still known as Big Bertha Heyman. Most provided pretty unflattering physical descriptions of her. This whole thing is very problematic, but it happened to her, and we don't want to overlook it as part of her daily life. The San Francisco Examiner attempted to explain her appeal, but not with her charisma and wits. We quote, A sight of Bertha is necessary to let one perceive how a woman with so much flesh and whose appearance has been often referred to as homely could attract the attention and win the confidence of men. Her power lies in her eyes. They are brown, but of such a dark color they are bright enough to light up her entire countenance. She is not handsome, but she is not bad-looking either, and accounts that have been given of her visage have been overdrawn. There is not a tailor's measure in town that can encompass her ample form. Anyone with an eye for distances can readily perceive that the lady has passed her hugging days, 
but to one who has such a contempt for men as she, this can occasion little regret. Journalists were relentless. A reporter for the Buffalo Evening News of New York took a bit of a different angle, yet still fixated on her appearance, and reported that, quote, she had what is described by the French as a bell figure. She was a very attractive person and took your fancy the moment she fixed her big brown stag-like eyes upon you. Her wavy hair is soft and black, and her hands are white, taper-fingered, and filbert-nailed. She sat quietly with her dress open at the neck, revealing a shapely throat of a complexion creamy as the inner petals of a lily, and her arms bare to the elbows, soft and dimpled. In his book, Inspector Burns described her physically similar to most reports in the media, but he used very brief descriptive statements like a checklist that would go with photo number 122. He wrote, 35 years old in 1886, married, very stout woman, height 5 feet 4 and a half inches, weight 245 pounds, hair brown, eyes brown, fair complexion, German face, excellent talker, has four moles on her right cheek. Putting all of these toxic standards and the fat-shaming language aside, Bertha was sometimes described as overflowing with charisma although the trait didn't get the attention it deserved when talking about a con artist of her caliber. Of her capabilities and faults, it was, again, Inspector Burns who wrote admiringly of her, stating that she, quote, possesses a wonderful knowledge of human nature and can deceive those who consider themselves particularly shrewd in business matters. Bertha's story kind of sputters out. She faded from her stage career and from her criminal work. She died in May of 1901, but the where, and frankly, actually the when, is disputed. We don't really know what happened to her at the end. I kind of like that Bertha's story dissipates at the end. Yeah, it's like after the California business, it all kind of, it's like she was, she went on the lam forever. I hope so. I hope she just chose a new name and and went for it and she was never known as Big Bertha again. No. No, and we can share our scam sauce with her. She's welcome. Yes. So I'm just going to say it. There was no way I wasn't going to name this cocktail Oofty Goofty. I did. (laughs) The thing that I kept thinking about with Bertha and what I felt like this story and her life really needed was a cocktail that is deceptive, right? We need one that looks very pretty, that tastes very pretty, but is just dangerous as hell. (laughs) Kind of the perfect description for Bertha's cocktail. And we got it. It's an easy one. You're going to build it in the glass so you don't have to mess with a shaker or anything. You're going to put three quarters of an ounce of lime juice, fresh squeezed, always better, one ounce of creme de violette in this glass. And you're going to stir those together so that the lime juice thins out the syrup a little bit. Then you're going to add your ice. And then on top of that, you're going to pour an ounce and a half of like a good Reposado tequila. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to top all of it with ginger beer. So it's like a flowery tequila version of a mule. But that creme de violette makes it pink. Oh, my gosh. The ginger beer completely disguises the tequila flavor. It just tastes like a slightly bitey floral, yummy, very um, beautiful 
refreshing drink and it is so full of alcohol (laughs) (laughs) i like when we go floral a little bit i always think that's a nice that's a nice pickup i feel like we don't do tequila a lot we don't because i'm not a big tequila drinker (laughs) but i felt and part of why is because like it will knock me on my tail so i was like well of course this has to be it's gotta be the way and i will say too if you really want to go for the beautiful but dangerous with this I made a little garnish out of a sprig of lavender with a lime, like a little lime peel wrapped around it. It was very pretty and cute. You could also throw like some culinary lavender or rosebuds in it. Just something, make it very pretty. Right. Very floral. It looks so sweet. Like you'd save it, serve it a very dainty, very composed luncheon. And in fact, it will wreck you. And thus, <laughs> then you will be saying, oofty goofty. Oofty goofty. Please don't hit me with a bat. Please do not. The mocktail for this is very easy, and you only get all of the delicious part and none of the danger. Instead of creme de violette, you'll use a violet syrup. Mm. Delicious. And then you're just going to leave out the tequila and just do the violet syrup, the lime juice, and the ginger beer. In this case, you might even want to up the violet syrup a little bit if you like it sweet. And it is, again, refreshing and beautiful, and that one is not dangerous at all. (laughs) But the alcoholic one sure is. <laughs> Oof. I might put it on my home bar menu and just see how many people think it looks very pretty and dainty. And then and they're then, like, oh, <laughs> dear me, what has happened? They're like, I can only have one. <laughs> Drink responsibly, obviously. I'm not, I'm not advocating for getting your friends blackout drunk by any means. But I always like when a drink is a surprise. It's yes. a stiff drink. If you... <laughs> Have survived the oofty goofty yeah. <laughs> and have made it to the end here. We want to thank you for spending this time with us. And we will also have a lot more con artists coming in the coming weeks. So we'll see you next week with another story and another cocktail right here on Criminalia. Criminalia is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, please visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare trinity school of natural health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.